0: Hey guys, Paul Reddick here. Welcome to the Baseball Dads Podcast. The world of baseball in the youth and especially the high school game is changing so rapidly. These rapid changes are bringing about a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration for today's parents that are trying to bring their son up in the game. So the purpose of this podcast is to use the experience of dads who have already gone through this journey and have navigated it successfully so we could take aim at that confusion and frustration and knock it out. We're going to talk to these dads about what they did right, about what they did wrong, what they would do more of, what they would do less of, and they're going to give you their advice for today's parents that are going through this game. So stay tuned for today's podcast. And make sure you go to baseballdadsnewsletter.com where you can get a free trial in our monthly Baseball Dads Newsletter. So without any further delay, let's get on to today's show. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Baseball Dads Podcast. On this episode, we have Adam Drucker. So Adam uh, is from the Maryland area. And uh, Adam, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you guys have going on in baseball down there and what's going on with your son?
1: Yeah, good morning, Paul. Uh, again, my name is Adam Drucker. I am from uh, Howard County, Maryland. Um, I work in uh, federal law enforcement for the past 25 years, and I have two mm-hmm. sons, RJ, who's age tw- uh, 15. He's a sophomore in high school, and I have a 12-year-old son who I coach on a 13-year-old travel baseball team. Um,
0: okay, I'm
1: you're right in the thick of it. Yeah, right in the thick of it, right. Yeah, right in the <laughs> so of um, it. It's funny, I always say that, you know how you have your first kid, you make the mistakes with your first kid, or you so you... Uh, or more prepared for your second kid, so it's like that. The first kid, uh, you see what works doesn't work, and the second kid gets the advantage of, uh, of the first kid going through it all. So now I'm in the second kid now where I've kind of learned some lessons from the first kid and uh, applying those now to my second son. Um, but I've come yeah, to, uh, it's...
0: Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: I'm saying, I mean, um, you know, uh, in my job I was away for quite a long period of time, for, uh, you know, months at a time sometimes. Um, so... In 2009, um, I was able to uh, get a more stable version of my job. Where I was able to now focus on um, coaching my kids. So that was very important. Uh, they were, I think, age seven at the time and age four. Um, so I coached baseball, uh, T-level, coach pitch, and now I have coached coach a uh, travel baseball team um, for the last five years now with my younger son, mm-hmm. um, as well as the head coach as an assistant. I also coached my older son uh, in football, tackle football, for uh, five years up until he went to high school. Um, and I also now work with the, his high school baseball team in the winter. So I've kind of seen the different levels um, from youth baseball, rec level, travel level, and then the high school level. So I kind of have a good perspective about uh um, all those different uh, things from both baseball and, and football.
0: So so through all that, what do you think um, – I'm going to kind of go off, off the, our, our question a little bit. Having seen this from all these levels and and – you know, there's one thing to be a dad and watching it, there's another thing to be a dad watching it and a dad coaching it. I had a very interesting experience when when my son started playing soccer last year, and this is like, you know, kindergarten stuff. So. But I had, it it I've never sat in the stands with other parents. <laughs> you know? And so it was I've always had the other uh, the other um position of being a coach. And, you know, ninety percent of the parents are fine, you know, but there's always a few. Um so that was unique. So what is it like for you to – or tell us, like, kind of what you think about the culture of baseball, having being you know, a parent who's also on the inside?
1: Well, it's funny. Um, you know, the first time I've actually seen my sons play sports uh, was actually – my son's playing football now, and I watch him play football from the stands, and uh, – I knew there was some second guessing that went on the stands, but I didn't realize there was that much second guessing.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: so, um, you know, I also I coach third base for uh, my son's travel team and there's always a there's a couple of ex head coaches on our parenting side who always seem to be on the third base side of the of the field. And always give me their, their opinion. Um yeah. whether you want it or not. So I mean it's um it's interesting that um you know, I think that the important part is um, you know, the, it's trying to balance being a coach and being a dad—it's very difficult. Because sometimes what's best for the, the team is not necessarily what mm-hmm. wants. So your son may want to be the pitcher, may want to be the second baseman, may want to bat first. Um, and you have to realize, hey, if you want those, the parents' buy-in, um, I call it the emotional bank account. You want the—you have to, you can't play daddy ball. he has got to be open and fair competition. If your son's the best, he's the best. If he's not the best and your son has to find something else. Um, maybe not right. everyone can be the pitcher, not everyone can be the running back, not everyone can be the quarterback, but there are other other positions on the field that need to be filled. So a lot of times parents get wrapped around their their son's needing to be something. They need yeah. to be a pitcher because they think that's what they're going to or they're, no, I even mean like the ones where a nine-year-old's parents tell me, my son needs to play shortstop, that's who he's going to play in high school. Not realizing, you think your son's going to be this size in five years? You have right. no idea what your son's going to be. And that's why I have the perspective of my older son going through this, where he was a outfielder, he was a second baseman, he was a shortstop. Um, so Ben, just my I you, he his 13-year-old year year pre high school, he was a shortstop the whole season. And the coach takes a look at him, you're a second baseman. <laughs> right, right, right. And a guy that had was a catcher, I coached him for years as a catcher, um, gets there, he's like, none of my catchers have speed. You have speed, you're a shortstop. So it was just that right. kind of thing. So people shouldn't be wrapped around positions or um, where you are in a batting lineup. The important thing is you actually play. You've got to play, right. otherwise there's no point. So I don't know if I answered your question, if I went around your question, but uh, <laughs> there's so much out there. No, no, I think... with parenting and coaching, it's it's hard to draw that line of when you when are you a parent, when you a coach, and really, like I say you're a coach first when you're a coach, and the parenting part, you know, is afterwards. You know, you're not you're not known as dad on the field. My son calls right. me coach when I'm coaching, he calls me dad at home. He doesn't call me coach at home. So you got to make that right. line. When, did, when, do you, when does the coaching hat come off and the dad hat goes on, um, or when do you have to kind of maybe be uh, on the line a little bit?
0: It's it's definitely a, a, a tight uh, tight rope to walk. And what's I've been talking with with dads, uh, you know, every day. And what's really, I just recently started using this analogy that. Um, you know, you can't think of a better college football player than Tim Tebow, right? Or maybe you could, but he's in the conversation, right? Uh, of whoever the best college. And, and his quarterback skills now are irrelevant, <laughs> right? Because he, he, whatever he had at that level, he was be- at that time he was the best, and and now they're completely irrelevant. Now he's going to play baseball, which I think is great. I don't know why everyone's so upset about somebody who wants to go do something and um but to me i think it's like what you're saying is that you can be great at one level but at some at some point that's going to become irrelevant and then kind of like what you have left over and 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 i think all the the playing different positions getting different experience in different places it just makes you it makes you better to adapt as you move up because i remember Starting coaching in, in professional baseball, I, I looked around and for the first time, I really thought every one of these guys come is is the is the probably the uh, the pride of their hometown. You know, they are the pride of their hometown. They're maybe the best baseball player that's ever come out of that town, or at least in a long time. And now they all have to figure out somewhere to go. Because there's 40 guys here, and everybody can't be the starting pitcher. Everybody can't play short. Everybody can't bat third. But, the, but if they all got to find a, a form that their gift can fill, and that's, a, and that's always an interesting kind of transition. Um, but I want to ask you, through all this, what, what's been the challenge for you in managing two kids um, going through it? What's been the biggest challenge for you to overcome? Well, the
1: challenge is the time. There's just not a time of the day. I mean, I, I leave my house at 5.15 in the morning. Yeah. You know, I work a uh, 10-hour uh, day on average. Um, have to, yeah. you know, get back. I work in D.C. I have to get back to Maryland. Um, then quickly, they literally get home, change from my suit into coaching gear, get him back in my car, go to the field. Another coach brings my son there so he's there on time. And, and then stay in there until 8 o'clock at night. So that's right. just for one kid. But that, So it's easier now. Back when I was actually had both kids playing youth sports at the same time, it was – kind of, you know Monday to I had an Excel spreadsheet telling me where I had to be at certain times. <laughs> was, I like yeah. To schedule you know what the games of practice where I got to be here on Saturday Sunday, and then you got to balance you know obviously my wife's like you know what are you doing? You're working more than you did when you were overseas. Um, right. But at the end of the day though she understands. Hey, this is you know it's important not it's not and I don't you know I don't do it for me. I ask my kids every year, do you even want to play baseball? First question right. I ask is, Do you want to play baseball? Um, or do you want to play something else? If, you know, if you don't want to play baseball, don't do it for me. You know, if you want to do basketball, you want to do football, and, they, and that's kind of where they've gone. They've kind of migrated through um, where you know I, so I said it's a lot of time never for me. If you don't want to do it, well, I certainly don't want to do it. If you don't want to do it, you know, don't right. do that doing this, doing me a favor um, by doing it. So I mean, they, they could, they, but they always say, "Yeah, I want to play baseball. I want to play whatever." And I support that. Um, the only thing I ask of them is that you know, if you're committing to something, you're going to see it through. You're not going to say, I, am you know, all play football, after a week, oh, I didn't realize the practice was so tough, and I'm going to quit. No, we don't let that doesn't happen. You see it through. Make a commitment. And you see it through. And That's kind of the lesson we try to, you know, in my family, try to say, you know, do do what makes you happy, or makes you passionate, or maybe you need to figure out what makes you passionate because some kids don't know what makes them passionate. Right. Maybe it's drama. Right. Maybe it's you know, maybe it's something not sport related at all. But figure it out and then, then get really good at that. You know, that's right. kind of what you want to do. Don't uh, don't sell yourself short. Um, hard work is necessary for school, for sports, for everything. So, again, to answer your question, the biggest challenge for me has been finding that balance of, you know, this time commitment. And I also mentioned earlier, finding that where is that line. Because I do so much coaching in, the, in, my, in my spare time I have, that two hours that I have when I get home, you know, I spend those two hours being a coach. Well, I also find some time to be a dad too, you know, how, right. you know, about homework and just personal issues and you know, you know, things that you know happen in a family. Um, so that's that's always the balance where just the, the time commitment is so difficult to to manage sometimes. But you know, it's, you know, that's why it's a team. My wife and I are a team here, where we, you know, we kind of and the kids too. They're they're part of the same team. We got all it takes. A, it takes an effort for all of us to uh, get on the same page sometimes. But um, and that's really it.
0: Yeah, and I think that's important because I think a lot of times go through this period of time where it does feel it maybe it feels like you're going to be there forever, you know. And and when are you going to get a chance to kind of sit down and just you know uh, stare into space? You know, I, I always joke with guys who have who guys who have kids, and and they always say, well, "What do you do with your free time?" And I said, "I would love to have a half hour just to sit down, and not do a single thing." You know, it just it's a stare off into space and not and not do anything. But So, I mean, I think we're hearing from you is that, you know, there's this time where it's going to maybe come – uh it's going to be a, a, a phase where you're working a lot, but you do kind of transition out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what, what's been the best thing that you've done? I mean, as far as like, we hear, like, managing your time. You've been involved in there. Outside of that stuff, what's been the best thing that you've done? to help your son just get more out of the game.
1: Well, I mean, um, again, I'm going to talk as a, as, a, as a dad and as a coach because it gets different. Dads. Yeah. Um, so the dad thing I think I mentioned before, I just asking them, you know, straight up, do you, you know, is this something you want to do? So big commitment yeah. both of us is something you do want to do. Um, and then then expecting them and holding them to a, you know, a standard and to be accountable for, okay, if you said you're going to do this, then this is what he expect you to do. So you can't just tell me you want to play baseball and then – you put the middle amount of effort in. So, you know, we're going to do the things. Um, like my son, for instance, you know, he's like, oh, my, it was winter workouts and his fastball was like, you know, somewhere where it was, you know, he'd never seen it that low before. I'm like, okay, well, right. hey, well that, so what are you going to do about it? You know, I, I told you know, I said, here's, because he went through, he had the whole list in his in his room, the Super 7s, and,
0: um, oh, cool.
1: He had on a chart, you know, and he hadn't start doing it. He was a chart. I'm like, well, once you start doing that, again, it's the winter workouts. Understand your arms are going to get stronger, your legs are going to need to get stronger, and let's see how you do it. So, you know, holding into that standard, listen, just to say I want to be something is not enough. It takes some effort. I said, look at every, every baseball player out there. Yeah, there's some degree of natural talent that goes there. And that, that's hard. They can't coach natural talent, but right. those guys got where they are because there's plenty of guys that are good plenty of guys that are great, but that next level, you know, even, you know, talking about getting your fastball from 55 to 60, that's a, that's a pretty big leap. That takes a lot of work. It doesn't just happen by, Oh, well, maybe I'll get a growth it someday. I'll just get bigger, you know, right. kids have that advantage. There's big kids. think you've gone through some of the other, um, you know, either your emails or maybe one of your podcasts that some kids at 12 are gigantic and they grow right. 70 yeah. miles an hour naturally. But when they're 16, you're still throwing 70, because now they've barely right. gotten any bigger. When that kid, it was four foot eight and through sixty, is now you know six foot two. So I said, you know, you can't do much about that. You can't control that. So I always say, do the things that are within your control. You know, right. work on. I know, was. Things like
0: that. I was one of those guys. I probably disappointed more coaches when I was a sophomore in high school. I was 5'11", 165 pounds, ten and a half inch feet, and they were looking at this kid's going to be a monster. And uh as I'm speaking to you today, I'm probably a little shorter than five eleven, and and I still have ten and a half inch feet, and I never grew another you know, another uh, millimeter um, since that day. But the one thing I want to I want to ask you about is I've sent I've sent out some emails over the past uh that were you know talking about younger pitchers and commitment, and we've gotten a little feedback from guys that are like this that's too much or that's too crazy. And I kind of respond to it by saying, well, if your son is committing to something, then he's committing to something. And I'm kind of hearing that from you where you're saying, look, if, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it to a standard that our family uh, agrees is important. Um, but at the same time, if you want to go do something else, you're going to do something else, but that's, that's, we're going to hold you to that same standard. Is that, am I hearing that correctly?
1: Yeah, right. So you, you choose what you want to do, but once you make that decision, yeah. we're going to hold you to a certain standard.
0: Right. Right. Awesome. Awesome. I think that's, I mean, that's to me, it's, it's, I've used the analogy before in the podcast that we know we can drive a car 150 miles an hour and we know we can bring it to zero. But we got to know those, those right speeds. And what's the minimum speed that you don't get a ticket. And what's the, what's the, uh, or what's the maximum speed you don't get a ticket. What's the minimum speed that you, you're you not going anywhere, you know, or you're slowing up traffic around, you know, and so it's finding that, that, that standard and so, say, hey, this is how, this is, if we're going to do this and you're going to go on this road, this is the parameters for this road. And you can't go slower, you can't go faster, but you got to go in those parameters. Um, what's been like, is, has there been, I always like to talk to dads about kind of like magic moments. There's been some, some magic moments for you guys, I'm sure, over the years.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, um, I'll with my older son. So, my older son, interesting with him, he played uh, travel baseball at eight years old. And that that's one of those conversations. After eight year, after 8 year he year, you know, and getting eight years old. And he's had, uh, you know, an eight-year-old year. And I said, do you want to yeah. play next year? Because the coaches at that point were like, you know, making decisions Oh, you know, we got to work on this for our family. I'm like, he's eight years old. How much do you right. pay? What are we doing here? And I said to him, do you want to play? And he says no. I said, fine. We don't have to play, but, we you know, we can play rec baseball. Um, we can do other things, basketball. Um, so he did those things. So then his younger brother start, <clears throat> started playing <clears throat> baseball. He was eight years old. So now my son's 11, and uh, I said, um, he's like, I want to play again. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Do um, you understand, though, that you can't just walk onto a travel baseball team and expect to make it without working at it? He's like, yeah, I'm right. fine. So he didn't work at it. Try it for an 11-year-old team, didn't make it. I said, I said that's fine. It's a learning lesson. You know, you, you didn't put any work in here, so, yeah, you, you weren't as good as you. You're a good player, but you're not as good as those kids that played for the last three years. So I coached him again in rec um, it was an 11 slash 12 year old team and then the following year, um, which is you know around here I mean you know there's a big cooperstown tournament for 12 year old teams yeah. um, sure,'re we're, we're part of that cycle, so there was a lot of people that want to get these 12 year old baseball teams um to go to Cooperstown, so he says, "I want to try out again for this other team not the local not, not the local team, but a team that's low as maybe ten fifteen minutes north of us. I said that's fine." But we're going to – he goes, but I, want, I, need you to, I need you to work with me. So he tells me, I want you to work with me for just two weeks straight. Let's go out to the field, do fielding, do hitting, do all the basic stuff. I want you to get ready for this tryout this time. So we did that for two okay. weeks, and I show up, and I'm like, wow, there's like 35 kids at this trial, and there's maybe one spot on the team left, one spot for this Cooperstown team. And um, yeah. I said, here's the deal. I said, here's, your name is RJ, which is unique. You're, you're actually a little shorter than most of the kids, which sets you apart. So how are you going to set yourself apart from these kids? There's everyone here can be really hit in the field. What are you going to do to get the coaches to rec- to, to know that you're out there? And so this kid, I saw Austin for three days, you know, hustled, and, you know, worked his butt off out there. And he really, every day one, the coach was like, you know, where has he played before? I'm like, well, he really played for me for the last couple of years. And they were kind of shocked. Um, and yeah. kind of, it was one of those teachable moments for him. It's like, listen, you know, here's a situation. when He made the team, by the way. So he got on the team and he had a great, a great experience. So that was a, a proud moment, saying, you know, here's what I've been saying to you: if you put the work in, you can accomplish a lot of things. I mean, you were 35 other kids. I think like there was two kids. There were 35 kids there, and somehow you, you managed to impress the coaches enough. And it was all because of your, your on-field play. It was the fact they saw you hustling, they saw you, you know, diving for balls. Think, you know, even if you didn't make the play, you were, you looked like you were, like you wanted to be there. And that really was a, uh, a great moment for him
0: son. As as yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, 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 what I want to just point out here is that I look at that and and I think a lot of parents say that's an awesome moment, right? That's the moment. But I see it as it, it was born in that moment where he uh, didn't make the team right. the first year, right? He didn't make the team, and I think a lot of parents are totally scared to let their kid have a good hard failure. You know, and and I get it. You know, I totally get it. You know, as a parent, that you, you don't want anything to go wrong for him, right? But, but I gotta believe that when he that that not making the team that first year, when he came around again, he knew it was gonna take something different. You know, and that, so to me, I think that's where it was born, right?
1: Yeah, no, and it was it was his. You know, it's not like I said, listen, you're gonna try out next year. It was his decision. Right. He was going to do it. And I said, well, then now you've got to do what needs to be done. If you you can't be surprised. When, if you don't make it again, if you didn't put the same, if you did the same thing you did a year ago, you just thought, oh, you know, some kids make excuses. I just had a bad practice. Ah, my arm was sore. I was tired. You know, there's all types of excuses you can make that hide the fact you just didn't prepare.
0: Right. Right. So tell me, what was the one with with your older boy?
1: Uh, well, funny. I, I asked him uh, the other day, I was like, you know, what's your best baseball moment? So he throws two at me. He's, he hit a home run, um, his first home run about a year ago in a tournament. I was like, okay, fine. That's yeah. that, 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 that's one of those, yeah, it's a fun moment. But then he says, um, we were at this, uh, a tournament at the beach in Delaware. Um, and, you know, it was, it was after the games were over. I think we had won one, lost one. In fact, I don't remember. It tells you that's not really the whole point of these tournaments. And we go to the boardwalk area, and they—they they all as a team look at this. You know, it's one of those things where it's an arcade where you can get the tickets, like like a Dave and Buster's type place where you can get all the, you know. Yeah. Um. And so they they look up and they see this huge six foot bear. And They go, we want to win this bear as a team. <laughs> so the team mascot for the rest of the tournament. We're going to call him Terry. Right. I'm like, well, that's a lot. That's a lot of. That's a lot of tickets. It's like a ridiculous amount of tickets. But they, you know, all twelve of them get together and they're in this arcade. You know, running around and getting these tickets and just throwing tickets at me, you know, to put through the ticket feeder. And at the end of the day, I mean, they they were so proud that they accomplished getting this bear, which I had to drag around for the next two days. The tournament, but that was uh, that was one of those like really, it's a great mode to see that that's what it's about. These kids came together not on the baseball field, just a, a totally unrelated thing to baseball. But that was like the one memory they because I still have that that bear still comes with us at the tournament still.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Best that's awesome. Up in
1: our our uniform. He's you know, he's a part of the team. Um think there's a lot of room in my basement but um that was, just, that, that was one of the memories he had and, like that's great that that's you know it's a non-baseball moment that the best you know version of teamwork i could show you off the field was right there you kids all come together and win this bear so kind
0: of, yeah it's
1: you know quirky but that's that's kind of it
0: it's so funny how like when, when kids organize and if we can kind of step out of the way sometimes you know what what they can figure out on their own you know what they can uh, what they can uh, self organize into cool things. So uh, coming up to the end here, what what advice would you give to dads who are listening? That's how we close every podcast. That are that are you know are where you were a few years ago or where you are now. What 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 kind of advice would you have for those dads?
1: Um, uh, again, I'd say um, I'd say it doesn't matter if your kid plays on the best team. Um, you know, winning trophies is not going to help your kid be better. If you don't play in a team that's kind of best for your kid, uh, if that makes sense. Um, sitting on the bench, yeah. winning trophies, does nothing. There's a lot of kids that say, I need to be on this showcase team. I need to be on that team. But when you're on these teams, you're uh, not playing, you're getting very little out of it. So I'd say, you know, don't, it's, it's not a bad thing to play for, a say, a B-level team and right. have the kid play shortstop, pitch a little bit, get the experiences. Because my son went from that 12-year-old team. to went to a – next year He um, is a situation where he did a whole thing about, you know, the 13 year old coach was different from the 12 year old coach. You want just big kids. That's it. Kids that hit puberty, you want big kids. Yeah. So, you are a yeah. a team where he's going to play. So, yeah, put your kid, put your son on a team where he's going to get opportunity, he's going to play. Because at the end of the day, when you get to high school team, you're going to be on the same team as kids that run the showcase teams, they're on the B teams, they're on the A teams. Because you can't choose what high school team you go to unless you go to a yeah. boss. So, that's one advice. Just put your kid on a team where he's going to, that best fits him. Not a team that's the best, you know, wins and loss record. So you can say I'm on this great team. Um, as far as a coach, you know, if you want to, you just got to be fair. If you want to coach, you know, the parents buy in. You got to be fair and consistent, and explain the whys of what you're doing. You can't just say I'm the coach. This is it, my my word is law. Have that conversation with the parents. Tell them why you're doing it right. your and be fair. You know, the, you have to have, you have to instill the now. You have to earn everything in life. You know, nothing is given to you, and if there's a fair competition, then you're going to get the parents on your side.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I know I'm coming down to see you guys at some point this winter, mm-hmm. so I'm excited about that. We're going to we're going to lock down that date as soon as I can get some sense of my schedule. Um, but I appreciate your time. I know you're super busy, and uh, just thank you so much for, for making the time for us. I appreciate it.
1: No, my pleasure, Paul. Thank you.
0: Hey, guys, it's Paul again. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We really hope you got a lot out of it. We have so much more to come for you. And thank you so much for trusting us with your baseball education, and also the development with your childhood. It's something that we take very seriously and really means the world to me and the rest of the staff here at Paul Baseball and Baseball Dads Podcast. So thank you so much. We would love it if you would leave a five-star rating and a great review of this podcast. That's how it helps us get the word out about the podcast so that other dads can share in this information that we need so much. Also, don't forget to go to Baseball Dads Newsletter where you can get a free trial subscription in our Baseball Dads Newsletter. Again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I can't tell you what it means to us that you would tune in. And we're just loving bringing this information to you. So, again, thank you so much. And we'll see you on the next show. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for Baseball Dads. And I would love for you to check it out. You can go to BaseballDadsBook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's BaseballDadsBook.com. Thanks.